0: listen to me All let's do that hockey
1: welcome everybody to the dauber prospects report report number 24 i'm peter harling one of the co-hosts here and with me again is my
0: buddy victor nuno al nuno how are you doing buddy i'm doing great Pete, thanks so much uh, for that and yeah it's good it's gonna be fun talking you know this is one of the maybe a preview of what we're going to do in the future because we're going to be talking with jim not about our league but he does happen to be in my league of our listener Uh league so that's uh it's going to be a good time and hopefully a little bit down the road we'll do some recaps talk about some of our our picks but i heard that your league finally mercifully finished drafting pete is that true it's
1: over it was a month long I don't even think I, I've I've looked in the last couple of rounds. I just set up my draft. I had 15 guys for the last three or four picks, and I just set my queue up, and I I had to tap out. I'm not even sure who I picked yet. <laughs>
0: That's fine. Those guys, they're they're you're gonna drop them or probably whatever. anyway.
1: So it doesn't probably, happen. yeah. All right. So, but before we get started, just want to remind everyone that this podcast is a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. You can catch all kinds of wicked podcasts on. THPN. So please check out the Hockey Podnet for, for all kinds of other cool podcasts like this one. And we're also sponsored by Fantrax. It's the ultimate league manager for any any dynasty sport you play. I always have a hard time with that. It's totally customizable, all kinds of stats, scoring, league, rules, treasury, you name it. It's there. You can get a free league by using the link from this podcast. Go to fantrax.com forward slash. DPR show, and basically tell them Dauber Prospects sent you. And you can thank me later because Fantrax is the best. So today we've got uh, a whole bunch of rookie tournaments that just kind of wrapped up. or prospect tournaments. They're all playing or, or wrapping up right now. And uh, we just uh, had an episode with Tyler Ball talking about the Buffalo Sabres Prospects tournament. And tonight we're going to be joined by James Ayakavon. I said that wrong. I'm sorry, Jim. Uh, but Jim went to the Flyers Rangers Rookie Tournament a couple of games there. He had some credentials with Dauber prospects. And uh, James is a really great Philadelphia Flyers prospects reporter, and he covers the Flyers prospects for us. So let's go to our interview with Jim. All right. Please to welcome to the show, James. Now, how am I going your... to pronounce your last name correctly? I'm going to take a guess first, and you correct me if I'm wrong, <laughs> please.
2: Right, yeah, go ahead.
1: Aya Kovon.
2: Yeah, close enough. Micavone, ah, yeah. You got it.
1: All right. James, welcome to the podcast. It's really nice to have you on, man.
2: Thanks for having me, boys. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was really, I had a really good time being on your show uh, a couple months ago, so thanks for having me on that, and I'm happy to be able to return the favor. I was also really happy that the Dauber Prospects was able to hook you up with some credentials to oh, yeah. attend the Flyers Rookie Camp Games. Super sick. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's talk about some of the players that you saw there. How's that sound? Uh, I'm stoked. Let's do it. All right. Hey, before we get into that, though, I just kind of want to give you the opportunity to introduce yourself to our listeners. Why don't you tell them, obviously, you're our Philadelphia Flyers prospect writer at Dauber Prospects, but you got a lot of other little hustles going on there in the hockey community. You're a busy guy. So tell us, tell us a little bit about you, how you got into hockey and, and where listeners can find more of you after they fall in love with your insight in this coming podcast here.
2: Yeah, for sure. So I'll start off. You can find me on Twitter at Jim Ike, I-K-E-H-W. We have a website, hwhockey.net. We do a weekly podcast. We cover the Philadelphia Flyers. So we started that up. We actually just started our sixth season this week. So we're covering them for our sixth season in a row. We've been credentialed for about three seasons now. And uh, we're just trying to make a name for ourselves, you know, like everybody else. We've got our hustle going. So yeah, and uh, I was able to meet you fine fellow. So it's, you know, the journey, I'm just enjoying the ride kind of thing.
1: It's a good ride, isn't it? I I've, I've been enjoying it, it, it for a few years myself, yeah. yeah. All right, so in the tournament, I think maybe two of the the bigger names for the flyers in the tournament Tyson Forster and Elliot Denoyes. Do you see either of these two guys as having a legit shot at making the Flyers right out of training camp this year to start the season or maybe playing their way into more of a regular spot during the season, you know, injury reliefs and call-ups and stuff.
2: Absolutely. So Tyson Forster, he's a guy that I was hoping the Flyers would be able to draft back in 2020. And they were able to, obviously with pick 23 and you know, I, so I fall in love with these big body players with bomb shots. And Tyson Forrester's sitting there at 23, and I'm like on my knees praying, please take this kid. They took him, and he's been as advertised, if not better. Got the bomb shot. We saw it at the end of last season. He played in eight games, scored a couple highlight real goals, finished with seven points. Gave John Tortorella something to think about, he said, as Forrester, I, he said he wasn't really on his radar, but he kind of forced his way into Tortorella's game plan for this upcoming camp, which is a big deal, obviously, when Tortorella starts saying those kind of things about young kids like that. So I expect Forrester to make the team out of camp. I won't be disappointed if he doesn't, because the Flyers have some vets and they can fill out a roster right now, but I expect him to make the roster. However, it won't be the end of the world if he doesn't. Elliot Denouye, he's a little different. He's a torts type player. He's an honest player. He'll do the hard the hard things. He's the excuse me, he's the ultimate teammate. However, he did lead the phantoms in goals last year. He set the rookie record for goals by a, a rookie on the AHL team with 23. He was a fifth round pick and all he's been doing is scoring goals since they've picked him. He's a guy I don't think will make the team out of camp, but he's going to be one of those guys that bounces back and forth throughout the season, as we know, injuries happen, those kind of things. So yeah.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. it definitely forced her somebody that I like a lot for this upcoming season, you yeah. know, and beyond. But yeah, you know, I think he could even have an impact. And I also yeah. want to just mention, Jim, yeah, you've been doing great stuff at our prospect so much that I had you do some stuff over at Fantasy Hockey life doing some going over there too. So really happy to have you on, on both those sides and, and doing great stuff. So looking forward to more.
2: I'm super grateful for the opportunities, guys. Yeah, thank you.
0: All right, now we get to talk about one of my favorites, and that is the one of the one of the short kings. I have a soft spot for these guys. That'd be a short guy myself. He's five nine. This is Emil Andre, and he's the Flyers' 2020 second round pick. And yeah, he's small, but he's pretty stout. Like he's a pretty strong dude, and he's been playing professional hockey for several years now. You know, SHL last couple previous seasons, and then last season was. Got some AHL time, and he's been looking really good, you know, with his point production. And I was really impressed with him, too, at the U-20 World Junior Championships last season. You know, everyone was kind of focused on, if I remember correctly, Edvinson, And he really, Andre really stood out, right? He was kind of one of the leaders there. So what did you see from Andre in this tournament uh, That, and maybe what you think he has in store for this year? Did he get a shot at making the Flyers?
2: Yeah, so... It was funny because Andre and his fellow countrymen, who I think we're going to be talking about in a little bit, and Helga Granz, these are two guys that had to be careful of bias because I really like them both. And so go, we're driving to the game. I'm joking around with my uh, buddy Travis. You know, I, I really need to take away my bias and actually just watch these guys for what they are because as a fan of the Flyers, you also want them to succeed. So you have a maybe have a habit of negating the negative, but. I was impressed with Andre. Like you said, he's 5'9". He's got a stocky build. Great vision. Very calm and patient with the puck. However, he's assertive. He knows where he's going with the puck before it's on his stick, which I think is very important as a, a defenseman, especially a young defenseman. Very smart. Always puts himself in the right positions. Can play all facets of the game. 5v5 power play. Penalty kill. He actually quarterbacked the PP one for the rookie team on Saturday night. He looked very, com- uh, very comfortable doing it. He has a shot that can get the goal, which I think is extremely important. I for one, I- I'm not crazy for some of these defensemen. Yeah, they can quarterback a power play, but if you know their shot can't get the goal, they're maybe a little bit easier to defend. So for me, that's extremely important. I loved his game Saturday. He for me, he's the dark horse of this camp. That the the Flyers have. They don't have a lot of skill on the defense, but they have a lot of lower pairing depth, if you will. They acquired Sean Walker from Los Angeles over the offseason. They signed a guy like Mark Stahl. So there's some veterans down there. They still have guys like Nick Seeler and younger guys like Igor Zamula, who are who's still trying to make the team on the bottom pair. So he'll really have to impress throughout camp. To make the roster, but he's my dark horse guy. I think he's going to go far into camp and make things pretty tough on the coaching staff. If not, he's going to get to play in the AHL this year. His team from Sweden gave the okay. They put a a goodbye letter on uh, Instagram, kind of saying, "Hey, thank you for your service. Good luck over in Philadelphia, and hopefully, does well." So we'll get to see him either way, with the Phantoms or with the Flyers.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's some some competition for a bottom pairing spot with the Flyers this year. And it'll be interesting to see if any one of the the players I think that are really in contention for it, which would be Andre Zamula and probably Ronnie Attard. Two of those guys are waiver exempt, so they can go up and down and mm-hmm. Zamula is no longer exempt. So he'd have to go through waivers, which for my money gives him the upper hand in that situation. How do you see that race for the sixth, seventh defenseman position?
2: Yeah, I would agree. That Zamula has maybe the upper hand in, in a sense where if you send him down, you have the, the chance that he gets claimed by another team. So I think we have to take that into account. Adderd for me. So Adder's a little bit, he's interesting because I really like this kid. He's, he's got a big frame. He's extremely confident and you see him in person. He's got this big smile all the time. He knows he's good kind of thing. I don't want it's not cocky or arrogant. He's, you know, a good guy to hang around, but you can just see he knows he's good. When you watch him with the Phantoms and the AHL, he's too good for the AHL. But when you watch him with the Flyers, maybe it's just the sample size is too small. There are some holes in his game that have been exposed in that short time. So maybe he needs a longer look and the opportunity to, to, to be more consistent. But right now, I would have probably Zamula, Andre, and then Adderd if I had to rank them.
1: Yeah, me too. And I own Zamula in a couple of my leagues, so that's working for me.
2: Well, I think Torts likes Zamula, so maybe he has that going for him too. He's uh,
1: that's he's huge. A mover.
2: Yeah, I think Torts likes him.
1: All right, so let's talk about another defenseman. You kind of hinted at him a second ago, Helge Gronz. So you're a big fan. He's 21 year old, six foot three, 205, right shot defenseman. So He's got a good tail of the tape there. He's a second round pick from 2020 by the Los Angeles Kings. He's not a Flyers draft pick, but he was acquired recently in that big three-way trade that sent Ivan Provorov to Columbus. So he was, I wouldn't say one of the key pieces that they got back in that trade, but I think he could be sneaky good value. His first year in the American Hockey League was really good in Ontario. He was like 0.43 point per game pace player as a rookie defenseman. That's pretty good. You know, not bad. Last year, though, last season's campaign, he like fell off the face of the earth, like 0.15, only nine points in 59 games. So he hit the skids there. Not really sure what to expect from him going forward, which would the real Hage Granz please stand up. He's not an overly offensive player. If you look at his career stat line, he's never really dominated offensively. But, you know, he's on an alarming trend here where he's going hard in the wrong direction you got a, a really good look at him at these couple of games that you were just at your first probably live viewing of him first. Good look. would love to hear what your impressions were.
2: Yeah. And like I mentioned earlier, you know, I had to put my bias aside because he's yeah. a guy that I wanted the flyers to draft back in 2020 as well. You know, you hear big six, four mobile defenseman that can move the puck. Uh, yeah. Sign me up. Got a big shot. Sign me up for that all day. And So, you know, I had to put my bias aside watching him and I liked what I saw, you know, he didn't do anything to really um, stand out, you know, but for me, from what I watched of him, I saw a guy that could compete for an NHL roster spot in camp. He looked at least ready for the AHL. I mean, this guy was moving the puck with ease. He was never, he didn't ever look to be in a hurry, you know, but he knew where he was going with the puck. He used his body well. Boxed out around his own goal. And, you know, it, it, he's not, you know, you hear six four defensemen, maybe you're thinking, okay, he's pushing guys around. No, he wasn't really pushing guys around, but he was doing his job, you know. Then the Rangers had some big bodies out there. I think the one forward that had rempe is like six eight, and they were using, they were out physical in the, the Flyers all night long on Saturday night. So, you know, Granz did his job around his net. Like I said, he was moving the puck well. I think he quarterbacked the second power play. And I wanted to see him unleash his shot all night long because you could tell he wanted to, you know, the, but the Rangers' penalty kill was, took his shot away a, a lot of the time. But he moved the puck well. He, I think he did everything that I've read about this kid before I watched him, he was doing. You know, he was, uh, the, the way uh, this guy's skating around the blue line as a 6'4 defenseman, uh, I thought was impressive. So yeah, if you compare this guy up in the future with a guy like Emil Andre, you know, 5'9 puck moving defenseman with a 6'4 puck-moving defenseman that can kind of clear the the net a little bit. That could be a future Flyers pair. I mean, not to mention they both speak the same language kind of thing, you know? I, I wasn't overly impressed, but I was like, okay, there is something to work with here. You know, Los Angeles wasn't just throwing this guy away. At least I don't think they were. You know, the Flyers have something in in grounds, I think. As far as competing for the Flyers, I think he'll push to make a spy. Like I mentioned, there's just a lot of depth on the Flyers' defensive core right now i think 24 25 is when we really see grounds make a at least i hope make a push to make the flyers roster
0: yeah makes sense and certainly that can be a nice pair you know if you have the same language good communication there yeah let's let's move over to the next guy and that is a goalie that they took and that was carl Bjarnason. he had a pretty interesting trajectory in that he did not get drafted into the WHL. And then he ended up being a second round pick in the NHL draft, which is pretty unusual. And he's got a really good frame, you know, 6'3 and a pretty decent size, under 90 pounds. It's uh, what I was looking at previously, because you know, I don't know anything about goalies, but I was looking at some of my EP ringside colleagues' comments on that and saying that he, you know, he's got a good frame and he's overall really good with his legs. But sometimes he kind of gets fixed on the shooter and sometimes doesn't play some of the cross ice you know passes as well and maybe kind of gets drifts out of his net too much so I was wondering if you saw any of that in your live viewings or what else you saw from this guy and obviously there's big implications here with what might or might not happen with Carter Hart with this Canada Hockey Canada report and then obviously there's Ivan Fedotov it seems like they have goalies with complications and it's so I don't know. It's, he's obviously a very long ways away, Bjarnason, either way. But just wondering what you what your thoughts are on him.
2: Yeah, so I, I learned a lot about Bjarnason on on Saturday night, not just from watching, but I was talking to my buddy, Jordan Hall. So Bjarnason was 17 when the Flyers drafted him. He turned 18 the very next day. He was the top American goaltender, I believe, or U.S. goaltender in the draft, which, you know, he was number one on a, a lot of lists. and. I guess I was surprised because at the time when the Flyers drafted him in the second round, I'm like, okay, they drafted a goalie second round. It's not the most exciting thing, especially when you consider some of the names the Flyers have in the pipeline. But then you go back and you read a little bit and it's, whoa, they didn't just take a goalie just to take a goalie. Like, this kid is good. And so to have him, another goalie like, like Bjarneson in the system, I think is a, a big boost. Like you said, he's going to have time to grow. I don't think we see him with the Phantoms or Flyers, probably for another at least three, four, five years. But I think he has a similar potential trajectory as Carter Hart, where, he, you know, play for his CHL team for a little... Let me just double-check that real quick. I'm sorry.
0: But yeah... It... Well, he is Canadian, so I wonder if he meant North American, perhaps?
2: yes. Yep. He's thank the you.
0: second North American taken behind. That's uh,
2: it. Tr- yep. Thank you. North American. So going back to what I saw on Saturday, you mentioned, you know, he kind of gets out of his net a little bit, going side to side, and saw that pretty quick. Maybe he was nervous or something, his first game putting on the new burnt orange jerseys. But after he calmed down a little bit, I thought he looked pretty good. And yeah, so the thing for me with goalies, I, I very rarely watch goalies. Not They're not really my thing, so I'm not going to try to critique how he played. But based off the scouting report, you saw some of the stuff he could clean up early, and then he kind of looked like he got more comfortable as the game went on. He's with Brandon, by the way, the Wheat Kings.
1: Yeah, I was watching him play for, for Canada at, at the U-17s, and really captured my attention. he was good. he was keeping Canada in games and until he got that beasting body check to the head that knocked him out for the gold medal game. That was unfortunate for Canada, but I really liked what I saw from him as well. Uh, I wrote an article on him too, for Russ in exchange for media credentials to the draft. And uh, yeah, he's a pretty interesting guy there. He had a really tight relationship with his grandfather, too. so and he's a late to hockey guy. so you know he's trending up pretty quickly in the right direction. Another player I wanted to talk to you about is a guy I know pretty well coming from Kingston Frontenac system is Zade Wisdom.
2: Oh, yeah, Zade.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Zade fan. I own him across many of my fantasy leagues, too. So I'm curious if I need to keep owning him or if it's time to, to move on. So he's 21 years old now. He's a right winger, for those who don't know. And he was drafted by the Flyers in the fourth round of 2020. And he quickly started looking like one of the steals of the draft because the following year was his D plus one season was COVID. And he, like many Ontario Hockey League players, because the OHL didn't play, went straight to the American Hockey League. So he's playing in the AHL, albeit a watered down version of the AHL, as an 18-year-old. And he was great, you know, 18 points in 28 games and, you know, really saw his, his stock rise. And then he got a nasty shoulder injury. Mirth missed like almost the first half of his D plus two season and eventually was returned to the OHL when he was healthy. Had a slow start, as you do coming back from a major shoulder injury, um, but he kind of, you know, found his gear by the end of the season. And then last year, he really struggled. You know, he went back to the American Hockey League for his D plus three season. And he only managed 10 points through 45 games and was even uh, finding himself in the ECHL for a couple of games as well. So out of the draft, stock rising up and got a shoulder injury, and it's been trending down kind of hard ever since. So where are we at right now with Zade Wisdom? This, is this a make it or break it season for him? And and if so, how do he look in this little prospect tournament? I would think as a 21-year-old, he should be one of the stars of the show for them.
2: Yeah. And. I would agree. It's maybe, it's getting close. If it's not make or break yet, it's definitely getting close, especially with kind of the you know new regime coming in. He was a Chuck Fletcher draft pick back in 2020. It's been pretty well known around here last season. He, he didn't look like he was in the best of shape coming into camp, but watching him over the weekend, he stood out. Him. You noticed him on the ice. You knew he was out there. He was a little ball of energy out there, and that's how he has to play. You know, we were excited about this kid even before the draft in 2020. And then when the Flyers picked him, it was like, well, he's a Flyer. This is a Flyer. So that's what you want to see from Zade. And uh, disappointing. You got some games in the ECHL last year, and you know, you don't usually want to see that from guys that you have somewhat high expectations for. So if he can continue to play with the same energy that he played with over the weekend, I, I, he got in a fight with the six-eight forward Rempe that I was that I mentioned earlier, and I don't know if he won the fight, but you know the guy's almost an entire foot taller than him. Tells you something about Zade Wisdom, and then the very next night he goes out and scores a, a goal on the power play for the Flyers in a three-one loss. So. I don't know. Going by this weekend, I would say that wisdom could be in for a a big camp and hopefully a, a big season.
1: Well, that's what I like to hear. I, yeah. You know, he's a good guy, so I, I hope he does well, and it'll bode well for my fantasy team too.
2: Billy's rooting for him, man. He's a flyer, you know. They'll fall in love with him quick down here.
0: Nice, yeah. Good, good to hear about that. And the next guy we're going to talk about definitely a little bit lower on the draft stock, and that's. 2022 seventh round pick Alex Gendron, who is, was five foot nine when he was drafted. Elite prospects has him as five ten. Either way, it's definitely one of the reasons he fell so far. Last season, in his draft season, he had 46 points in 66 games for the Armada there in the queue And then this season, he while well, he played for the Armada and the Olympique, and he had over a point per game in both, and well over for Gatineau. So. He's looking like he's making some progress and also looked really good in the QMJHL playoffs. So, how did Alex Gendron look at this tournament, Jim?
2: So, it, he it was a, a slower start for Gendron, I think. Maybe there was some pressure. They had him on the top line with Denoye and Forrester, but it, he caught the puck up a few times. So, maybe there were some nerves there. He was a little hesitant to, you know, get rid of the puck. It was almost like, whoa, like I have this thing. What do I do with it? You know what I mean? But after he, kind of settled in a little. He played on the first power play with Forester and DeNoye. He drew a power play goal. So what's interesting with Gendron, and, and I love this about him, whenever he has the puck, he's looking to get the puck. He's carrying the puck deep or he's going to the net with the puck. That's his thing. He's born to do it, right? And obviously he does it well. Finished second in scoring in the QMJHL last season. I'm excited to see what he does this year. He signed his ELC over the summer. As you mentioned, former seventh round pick. Is he the steal of the draft? Or, you know, is it just, is this fool's gold kind of thing? So he did some good things over the weekend. He he did some bad things over the weekend. I guess it's maybe, I mean, what better town to be an underdog in, right? A seventh round pick than Philadelphia. Everybody's seen Rocky, right? So obviously, fans are rooting for Gendron. But I think he still has to prove that he can play. I wasn't convinced of anything when I saw him. And I'm going to chalk it up to maybe nerves and is, you know, playing with maybe better talent than what he was playing with
1: before. Yeah. So he's a he's a seventh round pick. He'd be 18 years old. He, it's the long game with Gendron. But you're what you're seeing though is reason for optimism. Like not no early returns on this guy, but you know, you're playing the long game. If he puts on a little weight on that 174 pound frame, he's got the skill, right?
2: Yeah, for sure, and that's what's exciting. He's all about offense. That's what I mean. He's on the ice to do one thing. If he gets the puck, he's taking it to goal, or he's looking to create offense. There is some deception to his game too, and you know he's just he's born to score goals. And I'm hoping now that the Flyers have their hands on him, they can help him do that in the AHL and eventually in in the NHL. Um, he'd be a cool story.
1: Light the lamp with DraftKings Sportsbook right now. New customers can make a five dollar bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Another player I kind of want to learn a little bit more about, I don't have much of a file on this guy, is Samu Tumola, uh, 20-year-old right winger, 5'11", 190. He's a 2021 second-round pick, so he's got some draft pedigree backing him up. He's since his draft, he's kind of played all over though, right? And this is always a little bit concerning for me. I wonder what kind of structure and development players get when they play for so many teams over a couple of years. He's so he played for two different teams in the Liga, two different teams in Mestis. He's played a couple of games in the American Hockey League and at the U20 SM Sarja, however you pronounce that. Not to mention, a hand like a dozen international games for Finland as well. So I don't know what kind of instructions he's getting from his coach, but it seems like it's a different coach every other month. His leaguer production has been non-existent. And at the junior level, he's a point-and-a-half game player. He's speedy. He's a sniper from all the scouting reports that I've seen. You got a chance to watch him live. So I'd, I'd be really curious to see what, hear what you think you saw out of this player. And does he have pro potential or NHL potential even? Or what are we hoping for with Samu?
2: Yeah, so his development has been a little weird because they drafted him and he hasn't really done anything. What we heard over here was that he's kind of, you know, lost his confidence, or he's broken and they want to get him over here as quick as possible. They want to get their hands on him. He was able to finish uh, as you mentioned in the second league with Ketera Imatra 46 points, 29 games. He he came over and he even said, you know, he found his confidence at the end of last season, he's also one of those guys, you know, they have him listed 5'10, 176. He's, he looked a lot smaller than that to me. But one thing that came as advertised is his speed. You know, if he gets out in the open ice or loose puck or something, he's going to win that race. In development camp last month, he was beating players like Emil Andre, just literally skating around them, you know. So if, He's a guy where I think if his confidence is going, the results are going to be there. It's just a matter of keeping that up. I liked what I saw. Um, it, it's funny because some guys just look like they're enjoying themselves out there. And he was one of those guys for me. He looked like he was having fun. So hopefully that's a sign of of confidence and, and good things to come. He's 20 years old. So Flyers are pretty deep at wing, especially the right side. I'm going to say he's going to cook with the, the Phantoms for a few years.
0: Nice. Well, the, the last guy that I'm going to ask you about is Denver Barkey. And he was someone who was just drafted twenty twenty three third third round pick. He's 5'9, 154 pounds. So he's really small, but he's almost like a power forward trapped in a small man's body. <laughs> he's just like a little fearless, energizer, bunny, rambunctious bull in a china shop kind of guy that, uh, at least as some have described him. And so you know, maybe there's some hope that he grows too because he is a late April birth date. So he just turned 18 uh, a few months ago. Maybe, maybe he can get another inch or two, which might make that a little bit, his transition to the professional hockey a little bit easier. But I'm curious what you saw, especially playing against some of the bigger, stronger, you know, players that were out there in this scrimmage from Denver Barkey.
2: Dude, This This guy was a lot of fun to watch. And one of the guys up in the booth, made a comparison that he's like a Travis Konechny light. And first thing that came to my mind was, okay, so he's got a motor on him because Travis Konechny never really stops skating, you know? And when you watch Barky live, he's very easy to find on the ice because oftentimes he's the smallest guy on the ice. He's another guy. They have him listed at 5'9". He's got to be smaller than that because he looks super small. But he plays bigger. I have some notes on him here. I put uh, he's quick. he He looks like a a water bug. like he is small, but he's all over the place. He's uh, tenacious, I guess. He had a couple scoring chances in the game Saturday night He won a couple face offs, picked up a rebound. ended up leading to a goal, so he got the first assist on it. played in all three facets of the game power play pk five v five. I have here that he has great awareness. He's patient with the puck, which is good to see from a, a younger guy. One negative here, he did have a, a turnover that did lead to a goal in the game Friday night, but I guess that stuff's going to happen. I had a lot of fun watching Denver Bark. He's listed as a center, but I think he's one of those guys where he ends up moving you know, to the wing. We'll see, though. The Flyers, they need centers desperately in their pipeline. So I hope he sticks at center, but I'm looking forward to watching more of Denver this upcoming season with, I believe he's with the London Knights. Huh. So, yeah, I, you know, the rookie series is like a little taste and I'm not even sure you get to see the real player. So I'm looking forward to watching more of Barker this year with London. I think he's going to be a fun player to, to watch and keep track of.
1: Yeah. It's a two game tournament. So it is a small sample size and, and it's his first glimpse at playing against pro players, right? Some of these guys are, are pro players.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. The Rangers had a guy, I think 24 years old, scored two goals. And then you have a guy like, jarnison just turned 18 two months ago you know
0: yeah
1: all right let's take you out of your comfort zone here james and let's talk a little bit about uh, a ranger's prospect uh, okay i know i know you're you're gonna get kicked <laughs> off your your podcast co-hosts are gonna give you the I know, i'm gonna have to one, say right? nice
2: things about a ranger yeah
1: i know you I'm don't have to out. say nice things that doesn't have to I wrote be nice. notes
2: down so i don't forget <laughs>
1: Well, I think so. you don't pay him a lot of attention to the Rangers, but Zach Jones is a player. I think, you know, a lot of listeners would be interested in hearing how he looked in this tournament. He's been great in his two seasons from the NCAA, and he's been really excellent in his two seasons in the American Hockey League that he's played as well. He's had a couple of sniffs and cups of coffee at the NHL level. Nothing really, nothing's really clicked. For him there yet, so there's a lot of promise with this prospect, and you got to watch him firsthand live for a game or two here just recently. So I'd like to hear what you think about his his NHL upside is and what people who own him in their fantasy leagues might be looking at in terms of how much longer they got to wait,
2: yeah, so for Zach Jones, actually, I got to write about Zach Jones for uh, Victor's show, and uh, I watched. Uh a bunch of games from the end of last season on Zach Jones while he was playing with the Hartford Wolfpack. And honestly, I I really liked what I saw. I don't, I hate to compare players to, you know, other NHL players right off the bat, but he was kind of like a Ryan Ellis light kind of player. He's good skating, very good passer. First pass is great. Moves great with the puck. He moves with purpose, which I think is, I always look for that in in players, like, okay, you're skating, but where are you going? Whereas when I'm watching Zach Jones, he, he makes plays with conviction. He makes plays with a purpose. There's a reason for why he does things, which I think is extremely important. He doesn't shoot very often. He has an average shot, good instincts, and reads the ice very well, which is important, I think, as a defender. He's good in his own zone, average on the rush. His best asset, I would say, is his... IQ and his vision. He reads the ice very well. He's a very smart player. And yeah, he's good 1v1, quick instincts, passes, wins board battle. So he's not the biggest guy. He's listed 510, 178. But anytime he had a one on one or a board battle, he came away with the puck, which is also extremely important if you're a defender in his own zone. You know, he's a guy I wish the Flyers had. So the, I think the Rangers have a pretty good prospect here. I think he's 21, 22 years old now. So not that the clock is ticking because that's young for defense, but I know they have some guys in front of them. So where it's, you know, where's Zach Jones going to play kind of thing. But he's a guy I think Rangers fans should, if he's not already, they should have on their radar. I think he's maybe one of those guys that if he doesn't make the Rangers flat out, he's going to be one of those guys that bounces back and forth.
1: Okay. So a couple of things you said about him there really kind of sound like some of the things you were saying about, Emil Andre as well, where, you know, he's, he's mobile and he's undersized, but physical and it skates with conviction and purpose and decisiveness. Mm -hmm. All right. You ready? You got, you're doing a fantasy draft. Your pick, you can pick either one of those guys. Which one do you take? Come on.
2: Yeah. I have to go with Andre, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like I can't go, but it would be if somebody had taken Emil Andre right before my pick, and Zach Jones was next in my queue. I'd be more than happy to take Zach Jones,
1: and that that's... that happened
2: a lot in in you know the recent dynasty draft. I can't tell you how many times my pick got sniped.
1: Oh yeah, that's a very political answer. I like that. That's good.
2: <laughs> he's a good player, you know. I hope I hope he's in the NHL this year. I, I enjoyed watching him.
0: Victor, any additional questions or thoughts? Well, I don't I don't want to bring anyone on you but I I am really curious about Brendan Hoffman because he's someone who I you know Mm. I think they took him thinking that he's going to be this like power forward with like lots of skill you know someone who can kind of do it all you know be one of these like next kachuk types but i just don't think that's who he is i'm not sure that he has that skill and he's i think he's just gonna end up being more like a fourth line banger but there are some who still believe that he has the skill to be like a top sixer. so he's the one i'm most curious about but i don't know
2: so i'm not that he wasn't out there because i'm uh not that I wasn't watching the Rangers, but he may have been out there. I was so kind of zeroed in. I, I kind of had a handful of guys where I'm like, okay, I got to, you know, really watch these guys because I want to update my, my Doppler prospects for the Flyers. So I didn't really watch Brendan Hoffman too much if he was out there for the Rangers, which I'm sure he was 20 years old, six foot 180. First round pick in 2021. Man, I'd be a shame if he, it, but yeah, yeah, he was
1: part of that OJHL roster with Shane Wright and Brant Clark. Those three were just dynamite. And, you know, he's been pretty good in his OHL career. He got traded to Peterborough and from Flint and helped the beats go pretty deep in the playoffs. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Victor. He's, I don't know if he's going to have that first line power forward upside, but he does have a wicked shot. So if he can, if he can find open ice, at the pro level and play with the pace. I think he could come close to living up to some of the expectations, but yeah, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near.
2: I do remember because now I'm I'm looking at the, the lineups here and I do, he was 78. I do remember thinking to myself, who the hell is 78? That guy is a pain in the ass. So
0: (laughs) it must've been (laughs) doing something, right? (laughs) Yes, he can be. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. But yeah, I also, I just, I don't think that he's, going to be you know the question is like you're holding this guy do you hold on and is he going to be a top six you know top liner second liner and i don't think so so i think he's going to be more the bottom six banger which I, is fine am... i mean at, at the end of the first round you could do worse you know he could end up not playing at all <laughs> but i think that the the upside isn't as much there well I, I am holding off in a league or two of mine victor
1: so i don't know well, don't try to trade him to me then. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: But yeah, we'll see. There's a chance.
1: (laughs) James, thanks so much for for coming on the show. So we did it at the the gate, but do me a favor and tell everyone who's listening all about your show and where they can find the podcast that you're a host for.
2: Sure. So the podcast is called High and Wide Radio, and you can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, search at FlyersHW or at High and Wide Radio. We have a site, hwhockey.net. I'm on Twitter at Jim Mike HW. Right for Dabber Prospects. So yeah, that's pretty much it.
1: Right on. James, it's been a hoot chatting with you. And thanks for sharing your scouting insights from that Prospects tournament. Really appreciate your time,
0: man.
2: Guys, thanks for having me on. It's been a real treat. Thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to Dauber Prospects Report number 24. For feedback on the show or to chat with us, follow us on Twitter or X at DPR underscore show for the main show at Farling, P H A R L I N G, for Peter, at Victor Nuno12 for me, and at Sabarin91 for Evan. And also, don't forget to follow at HockeyPodnet for all the great podcasts on the network. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, the podcast aggregator of your choice for all the great content, and leave us a five star review. It really helps out the show. And until the next time, keep your sticks on the ice.
1: If I can change, Я думаю, что каждый тоже изменился в себе. Вы можете измениться. Everybody can change. Каждый может измениться. Let's do that, hockey.